Good morning, everybody. Hey, it's Thursday. It is, I mean, uh, September 22nd. Let's get ahead of ourselves here. Hey, uh, less than, uh, well, about a week left for this uh, month and this quarter as we um, get prepared for the fourth quarter coming up. Yesterday, the Fed came out. We'll talk about that more when Dave joins us here in just a few seconds. Before we do that, though, let's not forget that in the world we live in, there's a lot of things that you and I cannot control. But you can control how much risk you have in your portfolio. But you have to know two things. Number one, how much risk should you have? Number two, how much risk do you have? And make sure that those two things line up. Give us a call at 863-382-0037 to schedule a core retirement analysis. Hey, with that, we got Dave coming up next. Point seven Don't you want me, baby? Evidently, don't want my equities because we sold them like chiclets yesterday. It's 841 here, 19 before 9. Let's see what's going on on Wall Street this morning because the uh, Federal Reserve announced their interest rate bump yesterday. And I think it would be safe to say the world was not impressed. Let's uh, check in with Philip Statler from Statler Financial Services and uh, find out. Philip, good morning. How was yesterday afternoon? Hey, yesterday was um, not good, which which was really kind of caught me by surprise, Dave, because, you know, everybody felt like we'd get a three-quarter of a, of a percent increase in interest rates, and that's exactly what we got. Um, so imagine my surprise when I looked at the, the market, and I think I saw the Dow down almost 500 or better points. I'm thinking, what in the world is going on that – Everything met expectations, but, you know, it's in the fine print sometimes. Uh, yeah, I suspect that might have been. It was funny looking at the curve at the time. They made the announcement, and there was a modest drop in the uh, in the Dow. Not a monster one, but a modest drop. And then about 2.30 when Jay Powell did his press conference, he started off by going through all the data. It was almost like, okay, the teachers understand. The student got, it, got the answers right on the exam. And then said, step number one, it's going to be 2025 before we see 2% inflation again. And he said by the middle of the latter part of next year, he expected unemployment to be up, four, up to 4.5%. And then pretty much everybody sold everything they had like they were chiclets, didn't they? They, they really did, and and I guess it's it's you know it's what they say. Devil's always in the details, right? And so um, that really caught I think the traders off guard, and uh, and made them start to uh, rethink the positions they're holding and making some changes. Oh yeah, one of, one of the analysts that I was uh, reading a column from overnight, he thinks that uh, Powell's expectation of uh, four and a half or so for a reference rate is a fact where he anticipates ending up. Uh, he figures that they're probably going to have to get up to five and a half or so before it happens. And even with what we just did, the additional three quarters of a point. Uh, one of my columnists said this rate hike will probably add on the order of $2.1 trillion to our federal deficits with the increase in uh, interest costs is going to cost us. That's something you and I have been harping on for quite a while. When our interest rates have to go up, and yeah, there's no surprise in anybody's mind they've got to go up in order to cool the economy off a little bit. But when they go up, they increase the cost of doing business for the government. The current calculation is $2.1 trillion more for not doing anything, just for holding the debt. And that ought to be enough to make any voter sit up and take notice. 
It really should, Dave. We talked, I had a workshop last night. We talked about taxes and, and, you know, we, we've got uh, uh, three, I think about three years and about a hundred days before taxes automatically go up. And that doesn't have anything to do with what's happening right now. But we know that based on just the interest rates going up, our taxes are going to have to go up to foot that interest bill, right? And so now's the time for people to start looking at Roth conversions and some of those type of things to make sure that they're setting themselves up for success when it gets to come time for, for retirement. And, and, and those are some of those things that we talk about when it comes to taxes, trying to be you know, good stewards of our own money when it comes to taxes. We don't get, want to give Uncle Sam any more than we have to. Absolutely. And, and yeah, it, it, you know, just when, when interest on the federal debt be, and just servicing the interest ends up becoming the single dominant item in the federal budget, it's something where something's got to get done, but I have no idea what kind of transplant we're going to have to give the uh, people that uh, represent us in Congress to do it. I don't know whether it's going to be a brain transplant or uh, another organ involving <laughs> testosterone, but it's they could they could use some. <laughs> well, you know, we, Dave, here's the deal. You know, you think uh-huh. about it, and right now the highest tax rate we have is I think 37 percent. You know, mm-hmm. the average highest marginal tax rate is over 65 percent. If you look Ooh. at the average since 1913, when when income tax became part of our culture, the average has been. Over 65% has been the average top marginal rate, and it's been as high as 94%. Can you imagine if we yeah. go back to that? Oh, I, I was alive during those days. Never earned in that range, but I was alive. Got to keep in mind, though, when we do that, that when we had that 90% top tax bracket, or for that matter, even the 60 and 70, the deductions were so much more than they were. Uh, just a few years ago, when they quote-unquote lowered our taxes, they also took away the Form 2106 business tax expenses, which for dweebs like me that are in non-reimbursed sales positions, that was my tax shelter as much as anything. If I spent it for business, I deducted it. Can't do that anymore. So consequently, I end up with a, a much higher tax rate. My taxes went up markedly, even in my income class, because we deduct, we got rid of so many deductions. And that was the shelter for the people that ended up getting into that 90% marginal tax rate. Too. I've always been a little impatient comparing tax structures, but then again, we're talking about Congress who just compares 37 to 90 and says, let's soak the rich. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, and, uh, and you know, that all filters down to you and me. Absolutely. Well, it did to me. I know that. That's for darn sure. Government data dump this morning. The usual Thursday stuff came out. Initial jobless claims kind of uh, backs up what Powell was saying yesterday, that the employment market is still very hot. It was uh, $218,000 first-time jobless claims expected. We got 213, so it was a slight beat. And the continuing claims also decreased down to 1.38 million continued unemployed, which kind of backs up what Powell's been saying, is that the employment market is still overheating by a little bit. So he says he wants to throw more people out of work. I keep considering that kind of data good news for the economy as a whole. Well, yeah, it is good news, but uh, it's one of those things. Good news is bad news when the when the Federal Reserve starts looking at some of these numbers. 
Absolutely, and it seems to be that way for the uh, for the stock market as well, because it means the Fed's going to be more aggressive. I, I, I look at the notion of that one columnist saying 5.5% reference rate. Now, compare that to what it was back in the 80s, where it spiked up over 12 it's a bargain, but you've got to keep in mind a house was worth about one-fifth as much, too, back then. And what that does to mortgage rates really makes things interesting. It, it will. You know, we, we continue to see, I think, interest rates are already, mortgage rates are already over six. And, uh, you, you know, with this change yesterday, I don't know, they may be bumping their nose on seven. I suspect there's a possibility of that. Speaking of home building and home sales, we do actually have some reports this morning, and a couple of them are the nation's big big chain home builders. How did KB and Lennar do? So KB and Lennar both reported yesterday. And so here's the deal. They both beat on expected earnings, but they mo- both missed on revenue. So hmm. revenue was not as good as expected, but they've been able to trim expenses enough that their earnings were better than expected. So uh, if we look at what that really means – We've got uh, KB Homes down about 1% this morning, and Lennar Homes is actually up 1% this morning. So uh, just go figure. You know, it's like, what are they? Uh, there must be some de- devils in the detail somewhere in those reports. I hope they're not using Chinese drywall or something to save money. <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> We've done that once. That, that, that did not come out well. Yeah, been there, done that, would rather not do that. We'll hope they're simply economizing on labor costs. Uh, how about the other reports? I'd say kind of surprising coming up here. We've been saying earnings season over. There's nothing going on, but we actually have some this morning, don't we? We do. You know, you get towards that last week, and, and that's sometimes that's the earnings cycle that some companies have. So we had uh, the consulting firm Accentria. They reported better than expected profit and revenue. They beat across the deal. But, however... They came out and gave weaker than expected forecasts for the current quarter. Uh, they said, you know, they companies are cutting their IT spending now. And so that's having some impact on them, even though they're up about a half a percent this morning. The big name we've got this morning, other than the home builders, was Darden Restaurants. You know, Ooh. they're the Olive Garden and, and that group of restaurants. And so they... Uh, they came in and reported basically inline results, I meaning they came in ex- pretty much where everybody expected them to come in. Uh, There's another shoe about to drop there because I'm looking at my big loser list here. <laughs> so same store sales or same restaurant sales were up 4.2%, which was almost, a, well, about a 1% uh, less than expected. They expected 5.1%. So I think that's probably where it is. Um, okay. Food and beverage costs continue to rise, so Darden's trading down this morning 2.8%. Um, yep. so They're that toward lost- the top of my big loser list. I thought you were going to have some really bad news on them. No, no, not really. The um, so A couple more. We got Steelcase. Steelcase is the manufacturer of office furniture. Uh, they mm-hmm. had better than expected profit for this last quarter. Revenue below expectations. Um, and their outlook for this next quarter is slower than expected. Um, they're expecting people to be slower going back to the office. Um, and so they're actually trading down substantially today, down 4% this morning. Hmm. Just reuse that old desk. Nobody's sitting at it anyway, huh? 
I guess not. That's right. You know, you don't yeah. don't spend any money. You don't have to. So, I got two more for you. HB Fuller. Uh, they they reported um, a slight earnings beat with a revenue miss. Um, and so they're trading uh, up this morning, though, even with that information, up 2%, almost 2.2%. The last one I have for you today is Fact Set Research. That's the group that investment people use, bankers use, that type of stuff. Um, they missed by $0.07 cents a share. Uh, they came in at $3.13. Revenue, though, was above expectations. So, uh, you know, they've the opposite of everybody else, but they are trading down. Well, they haven't actually traded this morning. They closed down yesterday, two and a half percent. Ooh, okay. Resetting the table this morning. It was a down day yesterday, 522 down on the Dow, 66 down on the Standard & Poor's, NASDAQ down 205. Everybody was down better than 1.7% at the end of the day. I got to assume there's going to be a little bit of a bounce back this morning. There always seems to be. How are we doing 45 minutes early? No, the bounce has gotten a little bit bigger than as we've continued to be on the radio this morning, Dave. We've got the S&P 500 up a little over four-tenths of a percent. The NASDAQ uh, 100 up about four-tenths. The Dow 30 up a half a percent. So we're, we're getting some uh, some green ink, some bounce up from yesterday's closes. Um, but on the other side of the coin, the commodities, we've got silver. Up another 1.9%, trying to get back up to $20 an ounce, uh, 1984. And then uh, gold up almost, uh, well, right at nine tenths of a percent, $1,690. Crude oil up 2%, $84.60, which I think is probably about a dollar less than what it was yesterday. Yeah, it looks like it's just that's a recovery from an overnight low, because that's a little bit less than I remember from yesterday morning. Overseas markets pretty much all off. Asian rim markets were off by a quarter to as much as 1%. European markets are trading downward this morning, halfway through their day, and we got to make note of the fact that that inversion you and I talk about, the two-year Treasury bills are now yielding almost, oh, I think over now, 50 basis points more than the 30-year Treasury notes, which is not a good harbinger for future economic difficulties. No, it's really not. We've got the two-year well over 4%, almost 4.1% compared to the 30 at 3.5. So yeah, a big disparity there. Now, the only good news to be had on that is that the 30-year uh, mortgages tend to key off the 30-year Treasury notes. So it means a little bit of relief for mortgage applicants. That, that's true. That, that is not what I'm to say. I'm looking for any silver lining I can find here, Philip. <laughs> Somebody doesn't like what we're talking about. Well, don't don't complain to us. Figure out how to be able to insulate you from these ups and downs. How do I find you to get that insulation, Philip? Give us a call at 863-382-0037 to schedule their core retirement design analysis. Help them really and truly look to and plan the retirement they always dreamed of. And then join us this weekend. For the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk 730, 95.3 FM. And we've got a Gator game on Saturday in the afternoon hours, and that means I think the pregame is going to mean we're probably going to be about uh, an hour, a half an hour offset from when we usually do the Saturday show, Philip. All right, so that means we'll be on a little bit earlier, folks, 1130 maybe. I got you covered. I will see you tomorrow. I do appreciate it. All right, man. Take care. Thank you. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler.
And so again, I want to thank you for joining us today. Hey, I'm going to be out for a little while now. I got some training to do um, out West. And so I will be gone back in the seat come next Thursday. Solo on it is uh, as Dave will be out for a, a few weeks so or for a week or so. So, hey, have a great weekend. I look forward to speaking to you next week. Until then, take care.